anyone staying here third period on staff? All right, so this will probably be the shortest meeting you got, because after this, um, my dad's speaking. <laughs> and so uh, ending time will probably be observed tonight. Uh, we'll just blow past that the next two weeks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my dad usually ends on time. Actually, I got out of a meeting first period, and it was pretty late. My dad called me at 9.30 promptly. And I was like, what in the world, Dad? Like, meeting's still going on. Uh, I can't, pr I, I don't think he'll end at 9.30. <laughs> uh, but he won't end at the time that we ended that one meeting. So uh, I, I probably shouldn't have said any of that. <laughs> uh, I'm also, so I, I say this every year. I'm about, some of you might not know what this is, but I'm about Team Hollerback. Uh, I probably lost a lot of you. Um, I probably only got John Christian and Renee and maybe Danny too because uh, I, I like we invent these sayings and we assume that everyone knows what they are uh, anyone know what team Hollerback is yeah no uh, wait Courtney you should know so during meetings during meetings I like for, for myself and for your benefit I like to hear words of affirmation so if you if you that's it come on uh, and so, so this, this is something me and Courtney have been working on. If you're tired, uh, Courtney, does this work if you're tired? Because <laughs> He's lying. It works every time. And I, I tell this to, to a lot of our youth group. Like, if you're tired, just start hollering back at me. Uh, not too loud, not too crazy, but actually, whatever, do what you want. Um, but, it, but it'll help you. Uh, I, I can assure you that. Um, and, and I'm sure... I'm sure the second period staff is tired. I, I saw Danny today. Uh, I walked into his cabin. He has a recliner in his cabin, and it looks like it was broken because it was just flat. And, and he got Danny just sitting back looking like he was about to die. Uh, and so I'm sure a lot of you are tired. Danny, holler back at me tonight. Come on, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 is where we're going to be tonight. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. This is where we're going to start. This is really where uh, everything that we're going to speak about is going to spring from. And, and you probably all have the same verse one, uh, unless you have the message or the Hawaiian translation, uh, any, any Bible that is accepted. <laughs> you know what? Uh, if, if, if you have a good translation, why don't you read that with me? Genesis chapter one and verse one. Here we go. In the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth. That's it. Let's pray over that. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word, Lord. I pray that you would reveal tonight what you have in store for us, God. I pray that you would open our understanding, God. I pray that you would open our heart, open our ears, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you would speak through me, Lord. Make me your oracle, God. I pray that your spirit would come, that it would manifest itself in this place. In your name I pray, amen. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why am I here? Not right now, uh, like not in this meeting. Uh, have you ever asked yourself the question, why, why am I here? What, what's the point of where I'm at? Now again, some of you are probably asking that right now, and some of you probably deep thinkers, you're like, you know, what's the meaning of life, right? Uh, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, but I, too, have asked myself the question, why am I here? Uh, and I've done that in a lot of different places. One time I'm going to share with you, uh, one of my friends, I'm going to do my best to uh, rename, reveal no names here uh, because I don't think they want names to be revealed. But 
One of my friends was meeting his, his girlfriend's dad for the first time. Uh, and, and what do you do when you meet your girlfriend's dad for the first time? You invite your buddies, right? Uh, that's not a good idea, but that's what happened. And so, so he's like, I'm going to meet the parents. Why don't you come with me, guys? And so we, we go over, and I, I don't know what it was, but me and the dad, like, we just didn't click for some reason. And, and I feel like he kind of had it out for me. And so we're, we're there. The plans for the night, we're going to go eat dinner and then go ice skating. I'm like, cool, I can sit through dinner with you. That's fine. And so we're sitting having dinner, pizza and wings. I'm a fan of that, right? Uh, and so, so we're having pizza and wings, and like, I, I just smashed that night. Like, I probably had three slices of pizza. I had like 10 wings on my plate. Uh, you just see the bones there. And, and my friend who was meeting the parents for the first time, he probably had nothing. I'm so like, he probably had half a slice of pizza, one chicken wing. And, and when the meal's over, uh, the dad says to me, and I'm not kidding, he says, Steve. And, and I'm like, I don't know who Steve is, but you're looking at me. He says, Steve, you didn't eat anything. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I just ate all this food. The, you, the evidence is here. And he's like, you got to eat more. You got to put some meat on your bones. You're looking thin. And so I'm like, all right, I get it. I'm thin, but like, I, I've been eating. Like, my friend's the same size as me. Like, look at his plate. And he's like, Steve, you got to eat more. And so he just starts throwing food on my plate. And I'm like, oh, whatever, fine. You better love me for this, my friend. <laughs> and so, so, you know, planned we eat dinner. Plans are to go ice skating, right? Uh, so we're getting ready to go ice skating. And he says, Let, let's go in the living room. What are we going to do for Jesus tonight? And I was like, I'm going ice skating for Jesus. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, and so, so we, uh, we get in a circle. Uh, and, and he brings... <laughs> This doesn't seem real as I'm telling it. He brings out these microphones, uh, and then he brings out a bass and a bass amp, and he tells my one friend to get on the piano. He hands me the bass, and he hands his two daughters the microphone, uh, and he gra grabs the, uh, the cajon from my other friend. I believe it was called the Bonjos at the time. And, and so, so he, then he brings out this thick bind, like a really thick bind. I'm talking like our hymnals, nothing compared to what he brings out. He's like, we're going to sing these songs. And so I'm like, all right, which one are we going to sing? He's like, oh, we're going to sing the songs. And so, so we're just, we sing one song, we go to the next song. Sing another song, go to the next song. And, and you know, in, interspersed in between these songs, he would give words of exhortation. And, and he would say, he would say, he learned my name at this point. He said, Tim, what are you going to do for Jesus in your life? I'm like, hey, how about you ask my friend that's dating your daughter? Uh, but, but he, no, Tim, what are you doing for Jesus with your life? And so I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'll share with you a little bit. And so then we keep playing song after song after song. And I, like, I'm not making this up. And we were singing a song and we must have hit a bridge or something. And he, he, he was in the middle of the circle, I feel like. I might be making that part up, but he was in the circle. And he just shouted. He said, we are God's warriors. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? And so at this point, I, I've, I've, had it, I've had enough. Uh, and so I remember um, my, my other friend that was playing the piano, he told me later I was trying to play so bad so he would stop because uh, he was just like flying across the piano and he's not that good at the piano. Uh, and and I, I eventually just got up and got a cup of water because I was like, it's time we, we end this. Uh, and so, so I'm going to get this cup of water and I'm going to bring it back here. I asked myself the question, why in the world am I in this house right now? Why am I here? I shouldn't be here. My friend should be here, not me. But why am I here? 
And, and the truth of the matter is that you, me, we probably ask ourselves the question quite often, why am I here? And I'm, that might have been a crude analogy, but I'm not talking about in, in this meeting right now. Why, no, why am I on this earth? What is my purpose? And the sad truth probably remains that a lot of us feel like we lack purpose. We lack meaning. We look at our life and we say, what's the meaning of all this? You know, I'm going through my life and I see purpose for them, but in my life, what's going on? And I shared, I shared this first period at a table worship. Uh, there were years through my college experience where I, I jumped around majors quite a bit, and I struggled with the reason, what is my purpose? What, what am I doing here? Like, I, I have a new major every single year. What's the point in this? Uh, am I just going to go through life in college? <laughs> like, what's the purpose of all this? And, and so may, maybe you too have asked yourself the question, why am I here? Maybe you've despaired <laughs> over the question, why am I here? Maybe you have felt hopeless in that question. The answer to that question is made quite plain and quite obvious and hopeful in that first verse. In the beginning, God created. We could end right there. God created. And from, from God, let's, let's set the scene for a second. From nothingness, okay? Let's just get our minds around that. There was nothing, and then there was something. And God had created that. And from everything came God. Everything stems from God. So take heart in hearing this. You stem from God. Okay? There is a purpose over your life. There is a calling over your life. God has created you. God has a purpose for you. Turn with me, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Bible goes a little bit further in this question. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together created through him and for him. So what is the purpose of our creation? You can say it back to me. Through him and for him. So hear me out on this. This is going to hurt a little bit when I say this. You, me, we are not the point. Did you get that? And, and this is going to really sting for some of you. You are not the point. You're not the point of us being at camp. You're not the point when you go back home. You're not the point of your job, at your school. Wherever you go back to when you leave this place, you are not the point. And that probably stings for you, and I know it stings for a lot of us because I'll tell you, for those of you that might be a youth leader one day, um, the, the youth, <laughs> uh, you guys are always the point. And I know some of you feel this way because you won't say you're going somewhere until I text you and beg you <laughs> because you're like, oh, um, you got to beg me for you, me to go. Uh, and and once, once I beg you, then you're like, all right, fine, I'll come. Uh, and so this might hurt, but you're not the point. And, and let me add on that, that. That is not something to be disappointed about. Actually, that is something to be encouraged about. Because let, let's just set up this little scenario. Let's make you the point tomorrow. 
all right? So you're, you're the point tomorrow, so let's all listen to you while you're singing. Uh, what happens when you go off key? Because I'll be standing in the front, I'll hear you. And I hear you. <laughs> uh, what happens when you go off key? What happens when uh, we're playing basketball and you miss a jump shot? I didn't look anywhere in particular. <laughs> what happens? What, what happens when you go home and, and you disappoint your friend? What happens when you disappoint your family, when, when the relationship that you're in is broken? What happens when you find disappointment in your life? If you're the point of it, then what's the point of anything? No, no, the Bible says that by him and through him and for him, all things were created. God has created it that way. God has purposed it that way. So if I could just recap this short little part, you were created with a purpose. God has created you, and you were created for his glory. And God has designed it to work this way. Did you know that God has a design about how we should live our lives? Did you know that? I'm going to read to you an excerpt from C.S. Lewis. Um, it's a paragraph, so stay with me. If you hear something good, you know what to do. <laughs> there is a story about a schoolboy who was asked what he thought God was like. He replied that as far as he can make out, God was the sort of person who was always snooping around to see if anyone is enjoying himself and then trying to stop it. And now I am afraid that is the sort of idea that the, wor that the word morality raises in good many people's minds, something that interferes, something that stops you from having a good time. In reality, moral rules are directions for running the human machine. Every moral rule is there to prevent a breakdown or a strain or friction in the running of that machine. That is why these rules at first seem to be constantly interfering with our natural inclinations. When you are being taught how to use any machine, the instructor keeps on saying, no, don't do it like that. Because of course, there are all sorts of things that look all right and seem to you the natural way of treating the machine, but do not really work. God has a way that things are supposed to go. Yet we have a way things we have a way we think things are supposed to go. I'm going to give you a little uh, like wisdom here. Uh, God knows best. Did you know that? <laughs> he knows better than you. The Bible says Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs chapter 14, you can turn there if you want or jot it down if you want. There is a way that seems right to a man. Does it end there? But its end is the way of what? Okay, so I, I, I heard only bad things. Death or destruction. There is a way that seems right to you. And man, it's going to seem right to you. But its end leads to destruction. When I was learning how to drive stick, um, there was a way that seemed right to me. Uh, and <laughs> uh, Tim Armstrong taught me to drive stick a little bit, and so did Isaac, and then so did um, the good state of New Jersey. <laughs> um, but, but I would drive stick, and I would stall all the time because I thought I knew what I was doing. And like, I'm just going to say like it is. There was one time I stalled, and the car in front of me slammed on his brakes, and then the car behind him hit him. Uh, and there was another time I thought I was in first gear. I was in reverse. You know what happens? 
uh, and so I, I hit the car behind me. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Um, <laughs> uh, but but uh, there was no damage. <laughs> and if there was, it was a really bad car anyway. It was my friend's. <laughs> um, there's a way that seems right to you. You think you know how to do things, but its end leads to destruction. Uh, I, I've heard it explained this way. Uh, God sees the beginning. He sees the end, right? He, he knows what happens now. He knows what happens before. He knows what happens after. So let's, let's take this for a second. I really like Star Wars. Uh, you know how many Star Wars movies there are? In, in, in the um, continuous three, yeah, okay. Uh, we got a geek over here. <laughs> uh, in the continuous saga, not the extra film. So there are eight, right? So um, let's say that I'm going to tune you into five seconds of episode seven. Uh, let's make it even worse. Uh, five seconds of episode two, the worst one of them all. Uh, five seconds of episode two. Let, you might think you know what's going to happen. And that might be because there's really bad foreshadowing in these movies. <laughs> uh, but you might think like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen. You're like, these guys got glow sticks, right? And so th after this, they're going to they're gonna have a good time. They're gonna, it's going to be nighttime, and they're just going to have fun with their glow sticks. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> You get what I'm saying? God's seen the whole movie. He's seen episode one through eight. He knows what happens before. He knows what's going to happen after. Yet we see our little narrow escape, and we're like, oh, I, I know the right way to go. Oh, I know how I should live my life. See, I, I got the direction. No, no, no. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end leads to destruction. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 10. See, the Bible talks a little bit about what, what's in store for us if we live the life, our life the way that we want. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Now listen to what God promises. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That sounds better than death and destruction, does it not? Turn to Psalms chapter 16. Verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, and hear this, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, I, I'm not too smart, but I want life more abundantly. I want fullness of joy. I want pleasures forevermore. I don't want death. I don't want destruction, but, but, but the sad reality is that you and I pursue it all the time, and we pursue it to no ends. <laughs> we say, oh man, I know exactly how I should do this, this relationship. We were meant for each other. <laughs> Maybe God has another plan. This job, this job, I know this job is for me. I, I know I'm supposed to be making X amount of dollars. This job, it's there for me. This is the way of life. What, what does God have to say about that? Oh, oh no, no, no. This, this is what I should do in my relationship. This is the path I should take. What does the Bible have to say about that? There was a way that seems right to a man, but its end leads to destruction. Just, just look at <laughs> any wise man throughout history realizes this. Uh, who wrote Lord of the Flies? John Steinbeck? Is that right? Brother Paul, do you know? I, I feel like... <laughs> 
William Golding. What is John Steinbeck right? Let's talk about him for a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I did mean Lord of the Flies. Um, <laughs> what, happens, what happens in Lord of the Flies when they're left to themselves? I believe they have a chant at the end. They just lose their minds. Kill the pig, cut its throat. You may look at that and you're like, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. What would happen if we were left to our own devices? Probably the same thing. You watch any show where someone gets stranded on an island, I know someone's going to kill someone. Because that's what we do when we're left to our own devices without a, a narrative, without a, a set point. When I, when I started playing, I like playing video games. Do you guys like playing video games? Anyone? Uh, <laughs> that's not what the amen I'm looking for. Uh, when I started playing like online gaming, I, I was new to the scene. And I, I noticed that everyone started giving like directional stuff, like, like oh, Northwest. And so, so I, I was playing, the first guy I played with was Ben Flincieri, and like nonstop, he was like, oh, they're right there, Northwest, Northwest. And I'm like, all right, I gotta open my map first. I don't know where it is. And, and even, uh, the other day, Will, I, I heard you, we were playing Fortnite together, and, and I, heard, I heard him say, they're Southeast, they're Southeast. I was like, I have no idea where Southeast is. I know where the house is. I have no idea where anything else is. Left to your own devices, you have no idea where to go. You're lost. But before GPSs were a thing, before phones were a thing, people followed a North Star. That, that was how they got around. This is it. You got a North Star. <laughs> this is the way you should go. You can go the way of destruction, sure, but you'll find destruction there. You want a life abundantly? You want peace? You want pleasures forevermore? You might think you know best. You, you might think the way that I'm going to live my life is best. What does this have to say? This is your North Star. God has created us with intention, with a plan, with a purpose. And in this plan for all of creation, as God was creating everything, things were appearing out of nothing. God created you and I, and in that, he placed value. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. We're back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, we're going to start, and we're going to read a good clip here. Chapter 1, verse 24. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds and it was so and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind and God saw that it was good verse 26 then God said let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth. And every tree with seed is in, it, in its fruit. You shall have them for food. 
And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. So we get a lot from that. God calls his creation very good. And so you can, you can kind of look <laughs> in the mirror when you're, when you're done with this and say, very good, God. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I guess that's a joke, uh, but, I, but I do mean that. <laughs> um, may, maybe you face insecurities. Maybe, maybe you struggle with that question. Uh, man, I, I don't know why I'm here. God created you. He didn't say, all right, I guess I did all right. You know, he looked at that and he said, wow, that was very good. It, 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 was, it was good, it was good, it was good. He looked at it and he said, man, that's, that's really good. That, that's so good. Some of us struggle with that. But God looked at you and said, that's very good. God has created you, again, with value. So here, here's the theme for, for our weekend, Imago Day. Everyone say that. Good. Amago Dei means created in the image of God. You were created in the likeness of God. You know what that means over your life? If you don't, we're going to talk about it, so it's fine. Um, but it means that we are different from all other creation. You and I are different from the animals. You and I are different from the plant life. You and I are different from the seas. You and I are different from the land. We are different. We are in the creative order over all of those things. God created us to reign and rule over that. We are made as representatives of God. Okay? That is the Imago Dei. God has created us in his image as a representative of him. So, so to help you grasp your, grasp your mind around this, um, let's see if I have it here. Uh, a statue is made to look like its image. So I'm going to show you something. Uh, anyone know Cristiano Ronaldo? Soccer player. Uh, a few years ago, uh, a man made a statue of Cristiano Ronaldo. So here we go. Uh, if you can see this. Uh, it doesn't look like him. Uh, it's actually, and then I, I'm just going to share this next one because it's kind of funny. Uh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> The statue maker set out to make a representative of Cristiano Ronaldo, right? He was made to look to represent who Cristiano Ronaldo is, and then it was so bad that he had to wipe it out and make a new one. Uh, but God didn't mess up when he made us, okay? He made us as representatives of him. And again, because we are representatives of Christ, that gives us value over everything. And, and, and that's... That, let me help you make that clear. Uh, you ever seen the movie Air Bud? If you haven't seen Air Bud, a phenomenal dog. Uh, like um, this, so this dog, I mean, a multi-sport athlete in high school. Uh, so so he, he wins the basketball game. He wins the soccer game, the baseball game. Uh, any other? Am I missing one? Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, this dog is fun. Like, he, he hits the game winner every time. But, but let's say that the final movie went something like this. Someone, someone blew up the scene and, and said, I'm going to kill someone here. 
And it's either the dog or the kid sitting on the bench. Now, now let's, let's make this clear. The dog is a star. I mean, the city depends on this dog. No one's killing the kid. Because the, the, the dog doesn't have the same value as the kid, right? Right? <laughs> Otherwise, we've got to backtrack a little bit. No, no one's thinking, oh, yeah, we got to kill the kid. No, everyone's thinking, all right, it's sad, but the dog's got to go. Because we have value over the dog. That's why, let's make this clear, Planet of the Apes, that's not a real thing. All right? There's, you're never going to come across a chimp and he's going to say, I am Caesar. Right? That's not going to happen. <laughs> that, that's not real. Because we are created over them. I'm just going to keep going. Uh, <laughs> you ever seen National Geographic? So National Geographic, they, or, or um, Planet Earth just came out with a new season. Probably no one's seen that because I'm the only one that watches Planet Earth. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> that probably just separated me from you a lot. I realize that. All right, me and you, Stefan. Um, but so one thing that happens on this show, the animals kill each other. Now, when I watch that, I'm not thinking, dude, that's messed up. Right? That, that's, that's crazy. Did you see that? These two animals just killed each other. No, they're animals. That's what they do. Now, if, 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 I've watched, if I was watching a show and I saw two people just clawing at each other, there's something wrong with that. Because, again, we are created with different, higher value. God has created us to reign and rule the earth, to be representatives of Christ. And because we have that value, and because we are all equal in that value, that takes implications, ramifications on our life. There are different areas of our life that that permeates like crazy. And it might hurt you to hear some of these different ways. Um, I'm not going to apologize for this, because uh, this is what the Bible has to say. Turn with, with me, if you would, to Psalms chapter 139. So this is our first thing that this permeates. Psalm chapter 139, verse 13, we're going to start in. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. This permeates abortion. Life has value. And, and as far as I can tell, I'm looking at the Bible right here. You want to go to science, we can go to science in a second. But as I'm looking at the Bible, he knew my what? My unformed substance? Are you kidding me? He knew me before I was a thought? Oh, no, no, but 22 weeks, you can murder a child. Are you kidding me? Scientifically speaking, all that is needed for human life is a DNA strand. From that, life comes. So based on science, I'm talking science here, at conception, human life starts. You want to make the argument that they're, not, they're dependent on their mother. Well, then what are we going to do with the mentally ill? We have an answer? At 8 to 10 weeks, all major organs are pumping. 
That's a few weeks after pregnancy become known. At 22 weeks, the baby can live outside the womb with help. Abortion is legal in 25 states up to the third trimester. The lowest is 18 weeks in North Carolina. 55.7 million abortions between 2010 to 2014. Now the argument used to be, that's not a human life. The argument has totally shifted because science has re revealed it is a human life. The argument has now shifted from that to, oh, it's the mother's choice. I'm not gonna stand up here and say, I know anything about that. I'm not gonna stand up here and say, I, I don't feel bad for the mother. But what I could tell you is that where sin exists, grace abounds all the more. There is extreme value over an unformed substance because that's a human life and God has created that at the top of the human order. And yet we murder 55 million in four years. The second area that this permeates is discrimination and racial prejudice. Luke, Luke 10 will tell you the story of the Good Samaritan. No one, no one likes Samaritans because they they were a different race. They were a different breed. You read that story, a priest passed the guy that was kicked to the side of the road. A priest, so we're talking pastors. A Levite, they were the leaders of worship, so your worship leader. Uh, so the leaders of the church passed them by. But Jesus says, no, no, someone from a different race that no one likes, uh, he'll stop and he'll, he'll care to them. The, the Good Samaritan was the only one that saw the value in a human life. He was the only one. Reading that, reading Genesis chapter 1, that creates value over every life. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what you're emotionally like. I don't care what your personality is like. You have value over that. And, and look, let, let, let's be honest with ourselves. No one wants to talk to the weird person, right? I'll, I'll, <laughs> uh, my, my sister, um, <laughs> it's not Liz. Uh, this is easier because Christy's not here, but she might be watching. Um, <laughs> uh, my sister, th probably the first Christmas gift that I ever got from my sister was rejected. Uh, so like, I'm like 10 years old, uh, and, and I finally like, I'm like, mom, I want to get Christy a gift. And so my mom's like, all right, here's some money, get her a gift, because you don't have any. Uh, and so I got her this book bag. I got her this nice purple Jansport book bag. You could tell, like, I have, like, emotional damage as a child, right? Um, and, and so I, I get this book bag, and she opens it, and she says, I can't wear that. I was like, why not? I got it for you. No, Heather wears that. Heather? Oh, she's the weird girl. I, she was young, okay? Like, let's not, let's, can you condemned? Uh, let's not do that, all right? Um, but, but let's be clear, okay? Everyone has value and should be treated as such. And as Christians, Bible-believing Christians, you should fight until the day you die for value over every single life. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what ethnicity they are. I don't care if it's the weird person at school, the, the annoying person at your job. You should fight until they have the same value as everyone else. That's what the creative order says. The last that I have here, I'm, uh, I'm sure it permeates much, much more. Uh, but the last I have is sexual sins, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hone in on one. Uh, 
I'm going to read a quote here. Pornography is the degradation of the performers as not having souls, as not having any real value, and it is consuming their emptiness and despair for our own pleasure. It is deplorable and wicked. See, there's, there's no little boy, there's no little girl that wants to grow up to be a porn star. The delight that you might feel for a momentary season is at the expense and at the wickedness of your own soul. It is devaluing them as a human and seeing them only for what they are on your computer screen, on your phone. I looked up some stats about this, and I know oh, he's going to read the oh, 77% of everybody. No, I'm going to read something else. I have a whole bunch of them. And as I was reading this, I, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was reading. Um, and I, I'll just read it. 43% of Americans, you're not going to believe this, 43% of Americans say pornography is morally acceptable. Ten years ago, there were one million views on porn websites. Today, 100 million a day. In 2010, the journal Violence Against Women reported physical aggression in 88% of leading pornography scenes and verbal aggression in 89%, with 95% of the aggression directed towards women and girls. A headline in Esquire magazine read, Incest is the fastest growing trend in porn. 500,000 searches daily for teen pornography. Americans are becoming more and more attracted to pornography, depicting sex with underage persons, and this growing exposure to increasingly deviant porn is driving more criminals towards victimizing more teenagers. Pornhub, one of the industry's biggest providers, claimed their site streamed 75 gigabytes of data a second last year, enough to fill 175 million 16 gigabyte iPhones, a total of 87.8 billion views up to 10 billion from 2014. 17% of women describe themselves as addicted to pornography. Keith Perry says that just, uh, Keith Perry, just as easily, uh, what is this? The headline reads, just as easily hooked on online porn as men. Porn, line, porn sites get more visitors each month than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. The online porn industry makes over 3,000 3, per second. This one, <laughs> this breaks my heart. The Youth Internet Safety Survey indicated that 15% of 12 to 17-year-olds have purposely looked up X-rated material online. Now listen to this last one. Individuals who never view sexually explicit material report higher relationship quality and lower rates of infidelity than those who do. Go figure. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 31. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So as I read this, sexual relations are meant between a man and a wife. 
and yet I'm looking at this these statistics and it doesn't look like our world agrees. Matter of fact, as I look at it, it looks like our world has absolutely gotten rid of the Imago Dei and value over a human life. We've completely marred the image of God. Maybe, just maybe we ought to be more careful about what we're looking at. Just maybe. I, I, have, I have friends that, that delete Instagram and Snapchat because of the Explore page. Because they, they want nothing to do with that. We have lost touch over the value of a human life and the purpose of a human life in America today. But could I ask you this question? What would happen if we understood the Imago Dei so deeply that just the thought of pornography disgusted us? That if we looked at prejudice or discrimination against anyone, our hearts were sickened. As we looked at abortion, we couldn't rest until that was resolved. What if God could do such a work in us that the Imago Dei was understood on a more deep level? Brothers and sisters, I believe that that must happen in our lives. I don't think there's an option for the way that we view a human life. God has a plan. God has a purpose. There might be a way that seems right to you and I. But God has purposed our design. God has created us with intention and it is only through him that we may have life more abundantly.
And who of us don't want that, that more abundant life? It's offered to us tonight. What we heard tonight, I think, certainly challenged me. Hopefully it challenged you in your minds, in the way perhaps that you think about yourself, perhaps in the way that you think about how you think about other things. And so I'd just like to ask us, just for a moment, I'm going to be, I'm going to be quiet and um, I'm going to let you respond to the Lord just for a couple of minutes and then I'll pray in closing and we'll, we'll move on. But I think that it's important that as we hear what we heard tonight, that we take a moment to allow the Lord to speak to our hearts and let that become established. So talk to the Lord for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Lord, we're so thankful for how you spoke to us tonight, Lord God. Father, you've challenged us in the way that we think about our lives and the way that we think about the world around us. I pray, Lord God, that as you have penetrated our mind, Lord God, as you've spoken these words to us, I pray that you would help us to respond, Lord God, and to do the thing that's necessary, Lord. Perhaps there are those amongst us, Lord God, who need to hear that saying that we are valuable, that we were created with a purpose and that God cares about the things that go on in our life. And more than that, that God has a plan and a purpose over our life and that we're not wandering around aimlessly. But you have a plan that you want us to fulfill. Perhaps some of us need to think, Lord God, that the plan that we have for ourselves might not line up with the plan that you have for us. And so, Lord, I pray for those of us who are there that we would just lay down our plans before you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would let you have your way Dear God, like the master machinist, Lord God, who knows how to put that machine together, Lord, help us to submit to you and allow you to do what needs to be done in the engine of our hearts, in the engine of our lives, so that we can run more effectively and, and, and do the things that you have called us to do in this life. And dear Father, where you have put your finger on sin in our life, Lord God, the way that we've thought about other people, Lord God, or the or the way in which we've allowed things to come into our life. Lord God, I pray that you would forgive us. I thank you, Lord God, that you always offer forgiveness, that it's there, that it's, it's waiting for us. You're waiting for us with those open arms. If we would come to you and confess our sins, Lord, we know that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we're thankful for that, Lord, tonight. 
And we remember that in dying on the cross, you provided a way for us, Lord. And we come to that fountain, Lord, and we thank you for that forgiveness. We want to wash and be made clean and new. We thank you that you do that, Lord God, that you do that in a moment like this right now. Father, I pray that we might not wait, Lord God, but that we might respond, Lord Jesus. Come in, Lord. Do the work that you need to do. Work in our hearts. Build us up. Strengthen us in yourself, Lord God. Help us to take this image of God on ourselves and to treat it seriously on ourselves and on those around us. We're thankful, Lord God, again, for all that you've done, for all that you've said to us, Lord God, and for the work that you're doing. Continue that work in us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sing that chorus with me just one more time. More abundantly, more abundantly, that they might have life. And more abundantly, more abundantly, more abundantly, that they might have life. And more abundantly. Amen. Uh, we're going to change the order of our service just a little bit now. Um, I am going to... Uh, I'm going to invite those of you who are not part of the youth retreat to leave. <laughs> and, uh, and, and as you do, and you can feel free to, to go ahead and do that, I'll just ex, uh, explain a little bit about what is left for us, um, for those of us who are part of the youth retreat. Um, as far as tonight's concerned, um, Brother Isaac, um, he's a nice guy, so we give him a hard job. Um, he is going to come up and he is going to tell us what our uh, our rules are for the weekend. Uh, yes, we have rules because we want to have a good time, and to have a good time, you need to have rules. And so uh, he's going to talk to us about what some of those rules are. And then once that's finished, um, we actually have some refreshments for all of us that we're going to enjoy uh, down in the, the village. And so we'll do that. But first, um, Brother Isaac, tell us what we should and shouldn't do. So I used to, um, I used to play video games too. I don't get to play as much as I, I used to be good. But now, like when I'm, when when my son hands me the thing when it's bedtime, he's like, "Daddy, can you finish this one?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I got this." You know, like, I'm, I'm, 